You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan. Beautiful, sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here in the 1250 AM, The Fan studios. He is Ryan Horvat of BetMGM tonight. Uh, tailgate uh, to kickoff uh, also on Saturday mornings, 8 AM uh, on 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee, and 8 AM Central, uh, 9 AM Eastern time, and then figure out the rest of your time zones around the country if you're listening to this on Saturday mornings. Catch him uh, previewing and looking ahead to all the big college football games each and every Saturday morning, giving you his picks. I'm telling you right now, you will make money if you just listen to the man, Ryan Horvath. He will make you money. Man makes so much money. I don't know why he even works in radio. Uh, Okay, Horvath, uh, let's talk about the Packers and (laughs) (laughs) my my wife's Lululemon addiction. Oh, Lou, that's, that's not Lulu. No, like now I become like basic out here. Now I'm wearing Lululemon. I'll tell you, man, there's a big difference. Like you buy a pair of pants, it's no. expensive as hell, but as no. many times as I wash those things, I can wear them to the gym, nothing ever happens. They're, they're like made for life, but yeah. I digress. Let's move there, on. There's no chance also, ever. Look at this. I'm on a diet. Look at this staring me down right now. This is my kryptonite. Like my son has all this sour candy just everywhere. They're really trying to make me fat again. I was just admiring myself in the camera, how skinny I look. Being sick really helps. It does. Yeah. yeah. You lose weight when you're sick. There's no question, yes. Lose like yeah. five pounds just being sick. Uh, all yeah. right. Confident, concerned, and curious. Packers and the New Orleans Saints uh, coming up this week in Lambeau. The Packers finally at home. Finally, after uh, being on the road for two weeks. Uh, we have not even talked to Ryan about the Falcons game uh, because Ryan has been out sick uh, all week. So before we get to confident, concerned, and curious, even though it's it's we're late to the game on Friday, curious to your thoughts, Ryan Horvath, uh, on the Packers-Falcons game. So... First off, I've watched that game four times. Um, you are you have an illness. You really do. 
watch any game four times. You have an illness. I don't care what game it is. I just thought that, you know, Desmond Ritter is not very good. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about my Atlanta over eight and a half win ticket. Although I think Heineke would be an upgrade because at least he could push the ball down the field somewhat. He doesn't have the very, like a big strong arm, but I think my 16 year old at halftime of that game is fire Artie Smith and put Taylor Heineke in the damn game right now. Cause he was mad that they were letting Ritter throw as much as they did in the first half of that game. He's like, what are we doing? We don't throw, we run the football. Why are we throwing it? We're going to let them win. And then what happened in the second half? They quit yeah. throwing the football and they ran all over the Packers. Yeah. And that was why I picked Atlanta and everybody was calling me a hater, but I'm not a hater. It's just like I, the Packers run defense, man. I needed a bigger sample size before I could believe in this defense. And I know they looked good against a terrible Chicago team. And right. we're going to talk a little bit about the bears and their situation a little bit later on in the podcast. I know, but uh, you know, 28th against the run DVOA last season, football outsiders had them dead last. So I needed to see it to believe it. What I saw was kind of the same stuff that I saw last year. And yeah, Joe Barry's not good at his job, but I don't think firing Joe Barry makes this defense any better. I think it comes down to how good of a talent evaluator is Brian Gutekinds when it comes to players on the defensive side of the ball. You know, even Jair talks a lot, like a lot. But he was yep. giving up touches in this game. You know, yep. Drake London had a couple grabs on him. And you could say, okay, soft zone coverage. I don't know. I just defensively, I saw the same stuff that I saw last year. I will say this on the offensive side of the ball, and I was arguing with uh, Bart Winkler about this. I thought LaFleur was in his bag. I thought LaFleur and the play calling, especially with all the injuries. I mean, you already you have a dinged up Romeo Dobbs. You don't have to do the first play of the the first play of the game, he runs a flea flicker. Are you kidding me? To the rookie yeah. wicks? Oh my god. Yeah, so I thought it was like an exciting, fun football game. But like my expectations for this team this season isn't a Super Bowl for the first time in the last right. two decades. You know what I mean? So yep. I just want to be entertained on Sunday. I'm really confident that Jordan Love's the guy. I Jordan Love, I don't know that he's Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, but I think he's a good NFL quarterback Great. that can win you 11, 12 games. Yep especially in this system with this offensive line problem is the defense still, man. There's so many first round picks and it's like, yeah, we could blame. I know I'm a broken record here. We could blame Joe Barry and I do, but dude, guys are missing tackles all over the place. You pop on the film. Hell like Atlanta. I mean, and that video is awesome. The Bijan video. Yes. You've seen it obviously. Yep. But what the hell man, like learn how to tackle. Okay. Ryan here, here's one from Twitter. Okay. Because you don't want to blame Joe Barry all of a sudden. You're giving him some leeway. Uh, this is Jamesy. I think that's how you say it. Pell tweeted at Sparky Radio. What do you think about Green Bay running a San Francisco style 4 3 defense, Ryan Horvath? Van Ness, Wyatt, Clark, Gary to defensive end. That's your front four. Outside linebackers of Engebari and Quay Walker with Campbell in the middle. And then draft a tall, big defensive lineman like LSU six foot five Mason Smith and middle linebacker Clemson's Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Get San Francisco defensive line coach, says James E. Pell. I like I, the Mason Smith idea. I replied back and said, sounds good to me. That works. I mean, again, I'm not Gary or Leroy, and I'm not considering tell you whether or not it works or not, but Rashawn Gary is a bull. He's strong enough to play a defensive end in this league in, in a 4-3. I think he can definitely do it. Van Ness definitely can play a 4-3 end. And then Wyden Clark in the middle. I'm fine with that. If it's not Wyden Clark, maybe it's Slayton and Clark. I don't care. Whatever. Uh Barry can show you can get to the quarterback. Quay Walker, an outside linebacker. I'm, I'm, hey, I'll listen to it. I, I'm willing to see what it looks like. He's got the speed to play outside. 
I don't know if he has the small, well, I don't know that he needs the smarts. All he's got to do. Yeah. That might be a good role for him. Actually just get after the quarterback. Right. Rush the so quarterback. here's the thing, man, him and Rashawn here's, Gary on the same side, Ryan. Oh, here's how on. you fix. Here's how you fix the defense Sparky. Right. In this league, you know why San Francisco's defensive line is so good and why, like if you watch that game last night, as we tape here on Friday morning, you watch that Thursday night game and Daniel Jones this season has been under pressure, I believe, on like 45% of his dropbacks. But look what San Francisco was able to do. They made life a living hell for him. And that's okay. Sure. You have Fred Warner as your inside linebacker. You need a good cover inside linebacker. Those are hard to find. But the reason San Francisco and teams like Philadelphia, like why they're good every single year is because they invest in the defensive line you know, other than just Kenny Clark, like you have to keep drafting defensive linemen and you need to spend money on that position, right? Like look what the Cleveland Browns did. The offense probably a mess, especially now without Nick Chubb, but in this league, you win games by being able to get pressure with three or four guys without having to blitz because how many quarterbacks in this league, Jared Goff, just destroy the blitz, Joe Burrow, number one quarterback EPA against the blitz. That's why Cleveland, they know they have to see Joe Burrow twice. They know they have to see Mahomes and Herbert, and they know those guys eat up the blitz. So you have to get home with natural pressure or your secondary is going to get picked apart. You know what I mean? If you have to bring that extra man on a blitz, you know, to get home, you know, that's not how you win in this league. So that's what Green Bay needs, man. They need Mason Smith. They need big, tough SEC dudes on the defensive line. They need to spend money and they need a guy like Jim Schwartz. That's what Cleveland really did. That was the right move is you get a defensive coordinator. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He's a little bit of an ass, but he's really good at his job. And look what he's got him doing. After every play, he makes him celebrate. If he sees you on film and you're not celebrating after a sack or after an interception, you get called out. You don't got to do all that. It doesn't have to be all rah-rah, but you need somebody with some, some balls. And Joe Barry, like when you see Joe Barry, do you think like tough defense? I see Robert Sala. And I'm like, that's the guy I want coaching right. my defense. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see uh, angry-ass old Vic Fangio, that crab ass, and you're like, that's who I want coaching my defense. I see Joe Barry, and I'm like, I wouldn't even be afraid if I was taking hey. this guy's daughter out on a date. I just go Maybe LaFleur is just – maybe LaFleur is yeah. – Maybe LaFleur's waiting for Salah to get fired so he can bring him over to replace Joe Barry. Maybe he's just hanging out. I was like, okay, he's going to last a couple of years in New York. He'll get fired, and then he'll be my new defensive coordinator for the Packers going forward, Robert Salah. Here's one for you from Warren Sharp. Pressure allowed when defense does not blitz, okay? So how good are these offensive lines of protecting their quarterback when there's no blitz? The Saints are allowing pressure 36% of the time without a team blitzing. 36% of the time, when they don't blitz, they get home to the quarterback. They're tied with Kansas City and San Francisco. That's kind of upper half of the league. The best team protecting their quarterback when the other team doesn't blitz? The Raiders. Only 10% of the time do they get home without blitzing. The next best? The Green Bay Packers. Only 16% of the time have people gotten to Jordan Love without having a blitz attached to it. Two points. One, That's great for this offensive line that's kind of been in disarray with people getting hurt. And two, it's good for the Packers' defense going against the Saints this week, Ryan. Because if you're being able to get home like that, what are the Saints going to do with Van Ness? What are the Saints going to do with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Quay Walker? I think there is a huge opportunity here for the defense to get right. But they got to stop like the third-string running back of the Saints so he doesn't have a career day and beat them. Yeah, man. And like, I'm not sold on the Saints offense. I know everybody loves Derek Carr. What did I keep saying this off- uh, offense? What did I keep saying this offseason? Like, 
Derek Carr, why are we making – Derek Carr's not Matthew Stafford. When no. Matthew Stafford went to the Rams, I bet the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I bet the Packers too, but I do that every year. But I bet the Rams pretty big to win the Super Bowl because I was always a believer in Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is one of the more – one of the most talented throwers of the football ever. Like you hear the guys, like the 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 legends talk about Matthew Stafford. Rodgers always gives him his props. Brady does. He's a really good quarterback. He has a really strong arm. Derek Carr is all right. He had a couple good years with the Raiders. And yeah, sure, he never had a top 20 scoring defense. Aaron Rodgers only had that once in his career. And every year they were guaranteed to win 12, 13 games. Yep. And he had Devontae Adams. Like we gave them Devontae Adams and they still – we're outside the top 15 in scoring offense. So uh, Derek Carr doesn't scare me whatsoever. That offense not clicking right now. The defense scares me. But offensively, yeah, I think the defense might be able to have some success. And we got to remember, still no Alvin Kamara. You got to ding J- uh, Jamal Williams. We don't even know if he's going to go in this he's game. He's not playing, yeah. I joked, you know who's scoring a touchdown on Sunday? Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham. Touchdown. It's 11-1 to 1 if you guys want to get nasty with me on Sunday. But I think the defense should have some success. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I bet the under in it. I don't think there's going to be much scoring in this game. And I'm not sold on Derek Carr. That's why every night when I went into our show and I would look at our rundown and I would see Derek Carr, like, where's Derek Carr going? I'd be like, who the hell cares? Nobody cares. He doesn't (laughs) ride over. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Follow Horvath on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight, of course. Uh, and of course, it's uh, tailgate to kick off Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time. You listen to it on 1250 a.m. The Fan in the Milwaukee area or any of your BetQL stations at the appropriate time around the country. All right, let's do confident, concerning, curious. What are you confident in concerning this Packers team as we head into Packers and Saints on Sunday noon kickoff? This is a tough one. I'm confident that it's going to be, man, like what am I confident in in this game? Because I want to say, okay, I'm confident Jordan Love will look good, but I'm not, not with, not against this defense. You I think this go is, first? I think this is his really like his, well, I was going to say I'm confident that it's going to be a low scoring defensive battle, sure. but I already just said that. So that's what I'm confident in. I don't think that Green Bay's offense, I don't think the Packers are going to be able to do a whole lot. Although I might be, who knows, man, if the floor is in his bag and we're seeing trick plays and we're seeing a bunch of pre-snap motion and window dressing and flea flickers and stuff like that, maybe they do find a way to put up some points. But this Saints defense is really good. Top five last year. I expect the same thing this year. And then for the Saints on offense, like I just said, man, I think Green Bay's defense might show well here unless they're missing tackles all over the place. But if you pop on that film, like – they had to be disgusted with themselves in the second half of that game because it was right there for the taking. And if you get off to a 2-0 and start, you go back to Lambeau, you know what I mean? The NFC, 
Now you have all these injuries. Granted, they're not in your division, but the Cowboys, I think, are the best team in the NFC. Now I don't know. They lost Trayvon Diggs for the season. The Eagles don't look all that great. San Francisco does look good. But look what happens when Brock Purdy's number one read isn't there. You know what I mean? When his little dink and dunk isn't there. Like He's he's not that guy that's going to win you games with his arm in the fourth quarter. So... You know, that's why I was pissed about the loss. But again, like I'm trying to level my expectations. I'm so excited about Jordan Love, but that's what I'll go with. I'm confident it'll be a lower scoring game. My under will hit. I'll say this. It looks like there's a chance they may get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back. Bakhtiari, who the hell knows if he plays week to week. So I'm done talking about that. But either way, even if he doesn't play, uh, it, it's going to be a long day probably for Rashid Walker at left tackle. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if Watson and Aaron Jones are back, that's going to create big problems, I think, for the Saints defense because, A, you haven't seen Watson on tape with all these other young players that the Packers have now. We haven't. We haven't seen Watson, Dobbs, and Jaden Reed on the field at the same time. We haven't seen Watson, Dobbs, Reed, and Wicks on the field at the same time yet or with Musgrave on the field with Watson and Dobbs and Reed, whatever. They're really going to be able to start showing you some stuff that I guarantee you he's been just kind of holding on to, and he'll continue to show more and more new stuff throughout the year. I'm confident that the Packers get at least three sacks in this game of Derek Carr. At least three sacks in this game of Derek Carr. I don't know who they'll come from. Um, I'll guess. Uh, I'll guess Gary gets at least one, if not two, uh, in this game. And I'm going to go out there on a limb and say that TJ Slayton ends up getting a sack uh, in this game as well. Because at some point here, they're going to have to be concerned about helping on the edges. If Engabare and Van Ness looks like he's going to play, they start getting pressure outside. Eventually, they're going to open up the middle, and Slayton's going to get to just bulldoze somebody and come running up the middle. At some point, it's going to happen. So we'll see. So that's what I'm confident in. Three sacks or more for the Packers' defense. Concerns. What are you concerned about Ryan Horvath? Yeah, many here. Um, The offense holding up against this defense. The offensive line, if we don't get David Bakhtiari, which, like you said, who the hell knows? We're done talking about it, man. But if he's not out there, like you said, is Rashid going to be able to hold up now because you really step up in class against the Saints defensive line? Uh, you know, concerned. You don't want to start the season one and two, obviously, especially here. You go back home. That's why last week would have been a really big win, especially the way that you played in the first half. But that's my main concern. You know, what's Jordan Love going to look like? What's Aaron Jones going to look like coming back off this injury? And I'm mainly concerned if Aaron Jones isn't 100% and he's not able to at least touch the ball 10 to 12 times in this game, another A.J. Dillon game, man. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned for my eyeballs because there's only so much more I can take of A.J. Dillon third and one just falling to the ground. I mean, it's so frustrating. And it's hard to rip Matt LaFleur because who else do you go to? You know what I mean? Like, He's supposed to be your short yardage, your goal line, the guy that tough, uh, fights for those tough yards, and he's just not that guy. So you can only work with the personnel that you're given. And then uh, concerned again, run defense. I know that there's no Kamara out there. I know there's no Jamal Williams. But if you have a good offensive line, sometimes it doesn't really matter who's in your backfield. And the Packers run defense, like watching that tape back, it's like you're watching the same defense. And I was had, Week one, everything looked great. You know what I mean? And they were playing with like a new attitude because the talent's there. I just feel like there's no attitude. Every year in the draft, I say the same thing. Give me somebody mean. That's the one thing about Quay. Sure, he's trying to fight the assistant you know, trainer on the sideline, but at least he's got a mean streak to him. You know, TJ Slayton, like I need to see some more uh, some more meanness from these guys. So, yeah. All right. Concerned about that. All right. Uh, my concern. This was put out earlier this week. Most targeted players through two games. Fifth in the NFL is Chris Olave at 21. 
I uh, I'm concerned uh, about uh, this Olave matchup uh, for the Packers because why I'm concerned is now safety play is going to come into play here more than likely, right? So somebody ends up out of position, whatever the case may be. Jair has another not so great week. Jair after last week said he didn't play well. He's like, ah, hey, you know, nobody's perfect. You're gonna so, so, sometimes you sometimes you're not gonna have a great game. Olave is the, legit. He's a real deal. Now Mike Thomas. He's not the old Mike Thomas, right? Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's that's not who this dude is anymore. He gets to make plays. He's not. I'm not worried about him beating Jair. I'm worried though. about Olave beating Jair, and he's yeah. definitely going to beat Rajul Douglas if it's straight up. So I'm hoping, hoping that they roll coverage to Olave uh, and then take their their chances with whoever else they want to run out there in pass routes uh, against the Green Bay Packers. That's what I'm hoping they do because if they play straight up, I don't know, man. I just I got a feeling Olave is going to get Jair a couple of times in this game if they play straight up. You know what I'm curious about? I'm curious when the hell Eric Stokes is coming back. Is he going to be back know. this week for you think when he comes off the pup list? Because I don't know, man. Um, I've really been I've really just been laying in bed doing absolutely nothing. And today, Wicket was uh, Mike Wicket was uh, was was tweeting about Aaron Rodgers like couldn't he throw the deep ball in 2008 passes. 20 or more yards down the field. So I'm sitting there watching 2010 to 2012, where if anybody was wondering, he did complete 58% of his passes, 20 or more yards down the field. I need to track 2008. But I watched like a little bit of that rookie year for Stokes, and uh, he was really damn good. And you got to remember, that's the year that Jair had the shoulder injury. So he was your number one shutdown corner. And then last year, he was kind of all over the place, but we didn't really get a big sample size. He's going to be so important to this defense because they desperately need another cover corner out there. I have no like faith he's coming help back. In the run defense, but uh, I have no faith he's coming back. I have no faith that he'll be the either. player that he was. Until I, I see I was, otherwise, I'm not even thinking about him. And that's what they said, man. Like this year, he probably won't be the same dude until like week 13, week 14. Coming back, the way that he has to plant, the way that he has to move yep. laterally as a defensive back. Like if that's a quarterback, he's probably back week one. But because of the position he plays. But that's what I'm curious. When the hell is he coming back? I'll give you another one. I'm curious if the defense, going back to the defense, bounces back because that's what it all comes down to this season. If this team is going to go over their win total, if they're going to win 10, 11 games, if they're going to win the NFC North, because we all crown the Lions after week one, after a win over the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, the two most important players on that team, not named Patrick Mahomes, we all crown the Lions. Then what happens last week? They go home. Yeah. They got the ski masks. The crowd's pumped up. What happened? Seattle goes in there and beats the brakes off them. They had a two-score lead in that game. I know it went to overtime, but that's more Seattle's shaky secondary right now. So that's what I'm curious. Like, can the defense bounce his back? Because, like, the defense doesn't need to be top five, top ten. I mean, if they want to win a Super Bowl, absolutely they do. But to make the playoffs, they have to be much better. And that's Atlanta. And I love Bijan, and I love Tyler Algier. But come on, man. Like, they were one-dimensional and you still couldn't beat that team. And Jair, again, going back to Jair, and I love Jair, but when you when when you don't get targeted, you know what I mean? Like nobody targets Jair. That's why his numbers are so great. When you finally get an opportunity, you have to house that pick six. That's ball game right there, yep, man. You agreed. have to house that pick six. You got to make plays. All right, sorry. That's what I'm curious about, though. Especially when you run your mouth as much as he runs his mouth. You mean, like, you make plays. Exactly. Like Richard Sherman ran his mouth a lot in Seattle. You know what else he did? Shut down everybody. Won a Super Bowl. Went back to another Super Bowl. Should have won it if Pete Carroll didn't lose his damn mind. Yep. Anyway. I am uh, curious uh, going into this game 
Uh, I, I'm curious in seeing how the the ball distribution is going to be if everybody's healthy. I really am. Like, as far as who's going to get the targets, who's going to be the leader in targets? Because without Watson, Reed has kind of done some good things. Wicks burst onto the scene last week. Dobbs is still out there. Where where are the targets going to go here? Because they're they're not going to be able to go like the, the Devontae Adams type of wide receiver is not happening with this offense. It's just not. Like I, I don't think Christian Watson's getting 10 targets a game because there's too many other guys. I, I think right now what you're looking at and going, okay, the number one wide receiver is going to get what? Six targets? Maybe? Seven? And they're going to spread it out. And there's no reason not to. And we've talked about it before. They are so athletic and so fast uh, right now on offense that there is really no need to do it. I was thinking about this too. If you look at Kansas City's wide receiving core, and you look at the Packers, I'll take the Packers wide receiving core every single day of the week over what Kansas City has right now. Every day of the week, I take the Packers wide receiving core over Kansas City. I'll take the Packers wide receiving core over Chicago's wide receiving core. And I know they're young, but I'm here to tell you, by the end of the year, this offense is going to be feared around the league if they can stay healthy at the skill positions. Wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, running back. If they're healthy at the end of the year and playing together still, they're going to be a big problem for everybody else in the league. Oh, yeah, man. Like, and that's the other thing. I'm with you on that. I'm curious to see what the Matt LaFleur offense, because I'm impressed so far. I want to see what it looks like once Christian Watson is back. Is the decoy, is your deep threat, the guy that could take the top off the defense, probably your number one playmaker on that side of the ball other than Aaron Jones. So I'm with you there. And, uh, yeah, so I I definitely want to see what that looks like, what the offense looks like. Because, again, like, in – you know, that's the thing. The play calling, I feel like watching that game against Atlanta – that's the most fun that I've had since because last year wasn't fun with Rodgers. The year before was you won 13 games. You just got upset in the playoffs right. in the game where San Francisco didn't even score an offensive touchdown. So that was disappointing, but the year was fun. But I feel like like this year, if Rodgers doesn't get hurt, should have been the perfect year because it was time for the divorce. Like we continued to say all summer, Rodgers could go with the Jets. We could see Ken Aaron finally win with the top five defense, right? He's, yep. It's all there for him. Is he just a regular season quarterback? Was that a fluke year? Or can he do it again? And I wanted to see it. And then this Packers offense is fun. It's exciting. We're seeing the LaFleur offense. Rodgers wouldn't do those things. Rodgers couldn't do some of those things. Jordan Love on some of those play fakes where, you know, he's rolling out and he's throwing to the opposite side of the field on the screen pass, um, the flea flicker. You know, they're getting innovative. They're getting creative. And this is fun. This is a young, fun team. And they got some talent, man. And Jordan Love looks pretty good. So, should have been the perfect year if Rodgers didn't get hurt. But that's what I'm curious. I just I want to see how it all plays out when they're all finally out there. And if David Bakhtiari isn't going to play, and I know he says like he's continuing to deal with this knee injury, it's been three years, why didn't they move him, man? Because you could still get value. And if he's going to continue to say this, and all these teams, these GMs are going to read these press clippings, not see him out on that field, look at that contract. I know you could get away from it next year. Like nobody's going to want to invest a first or second round pick. And you maybe could have got that from the Jets or any other team that was desperate for offensive line help. And there's about 16 of them, including the New York football giants who Daniel Jones may get off this season. Everybody's like, Daniel Jones sucks. How do you know? He's got a hand in his face every time he drops back. Yep. All right, let's move on. Topic number two, what to make of the Bears debacle. Ryan Horvath, you can take this from whatever angle you'd like to take it from because God knows there's enough to talk about with the Chicago Bears currently uh, in the fiasco, whether you're talking about Justin Fields, talking about his coaching staff, and then getting him hugged for the cameras uh, yesterday at practice. You have the defensive coordinator resigning. Nobody still knows what really is going on with that whole situation, but he is resigned. 
Uh, then you have the video that pops up on Twitter of DJ Moore uh, during the game, uh, during the Buccaneers game, talking with White, uh, and he's like, man, they ain't using you right. And DJ Moore is like, Dad, tell me about it. So he's clearly not happy with what's going on in Chicago. It, it's, it is a complete and utter disaster. It is. I joked like they shouldn't even think about moving to Arlington Heights. Don't even move the Bears there. Move them to like Plainfield, Illinois, in the middle of nowhere because this team is a mess. And I actually thought, shame on me, I thought they were heading in the right direction with Ryan Poles, right? Because um, they have a bunch of cap space. I thought that they kind of spent their money wisely. DJ Moore I thought was a good addition. You know, you move on from David Montgomery, but I like Khalil Herbert. And it's looked like a mess. And you could blame Justin Fields. You could blame the offensive line, which still doesn't look very good. Um, you could blame the defense and their young secondary. But you also spent a bunch of money this offseason on the inside linebacker position. You know, over, what, $60 million, $70 million on that position, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. And shame on me for believing that they were heading in the right direction because that's a dumpster fire of an organization. It's going to be interesting to see what job, Justin, what Ryan Poles does here, though, because – he didn't draft Justin Fields. That was a, a Ryan Pace draft pick. So he could easily move on, especially if this team's a disaster. And I think we all have to cheer against them being a complete disaster because if they're a complete disaster, they might end up with, uh, you know, Drake May, maybe Caleb Williams. I don't think they're that bad. Who knows, though? They haven't won a game yet, and they don't look very good. So if they're a big disaster, who knows? Maybe they get their quarterback in the future. That's something that we definitely don't want to see. But it's just hard to trust the Bears to get it right, man. Like, I like Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. And I know he might be a one-read quarterback, but I think in the right offense, if Justin Fields went to San Francisco, if Shanahan gets his way and John Lynch drafts Justin Fields rather than Trey Lance, I think he's still the starting quarterback. I think he could do all the things that Brock Purdy can do, and I think he could do them better. I do. I Because Brock Purdy, man, only goes to his first read. Anytime he's got to go to his second read, you saw that crap last night. Right. So I, it's for these young quarterbacks, it's all about uh, where you get drafted. Like Anthony Richardson, if he goes to Carolina or Houston, might not look as good. And, and you might think differently, and I know he got concussed, but I've been really impressed with Anthony Richardson. There might be a whole side of the field he's still not seeing, but he wants to learn. He can make the throws. And he's a hell of an athlete. So I think it's just all about like where you're drafted. And that Shane Steichen system has been perfect for him so far. Justin Fields, this Luke Getze system is crap. I think we've learned that the Matt LaFleur coaching tree, those are just like his drinking buddies because none of those guys know how to coach. Hackett, what was that game plan against the uh, Cowboys? I know that's a good defense, but man, you're like dropping Zach Wilson out there like he's like he's Aaron Rodgers. You got you to gotta change up the offense now, man. And uh yeah, the other dude, Getsy, doesn't seem very good either. So I think the coaching tree for Matt LaFleur stinks. I'm looking at an article uh, on the Bears for their draft picks for next year. This says they own their own first-round pick. Yeah, they do next year. They own the Panthers' first-round pick. They have a second, a third, a four, two-fourths, because they own the Eagles' fourth as well, and a fifth. They have no picks in six or seven. But, Ryan, it could be worse than what you're saying. They, they could. Panthers are horrible. They could end up with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., they could end up with both the of Bears. them. Yes. Because the Panthers are That's horrible. Saying. They how many games are the That's Panthers to win six, seven, eight games? I mean, if That's they both win two or three games, they very well could have a chance to, you know, maybe get in front of Arizona 
uh, and, and maybe end up with the top two picks. And that's the other thing. You remember back to week one, and we were talking about Justin Fields. And you're like, I don't even understand. How is he over under 57 yards for, for rushing for Justin Fields? Like, this is stupid. And I told you, I said, well, unless we're going back to the beginning of last year when they told me he had to stay in the pocket. And guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what happened. The first half of last year where they didn't want to run the damn football, this is exactly what it looked like. And then finally they're like, Effort. We give up. Just do what you want, Justin. And then he took off running. They had design runs. And then instead of building on that, they went in reverse and said, nope, you are going to be a pocket quarterback, whether you want to be or not. And we're right back to square one. To me, if maybe Ryan Poles wants Caleb Williams. Because if Ryan Poles doesn't want Caleb Williams, if Ryan Poles wants us in fields, how does Getty still have a job? Explain this to me. How does Lugetzi have a job? Or how, if you're Ryan Poles, are you not talking to Lugetzi? Listen here, buddy. I don't care if that kid runs the ball 20 times a game. Then let him run 20 times a game. But we need to win football games. That's what the goal here is, is to win football games. And then I love Getzi. Well, it's a process. And we all believe in the process. I felt like I was watching 76ers basketball all over again. You know what I would do if I was the Chicago Bears and if I was Ryan Poles is I would just want it to be a big disaster. And then at the end of the year, I'm firing Matt Eberflus. I'm firing that entire coaching staff. Right. I'm bringing in, I'm making the biggest offer possible to Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions. I'm trying to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix or any of those guys. Uh, Shore Sanders. And I am, um, I'm trying to rebuild that thing because I like just your question. I think he's probably got to go somewhere else. One second. Can I just interject here? What? Let's say you're the Bears. And you have, I don't know, the third pick. Shadur Sanders looks like he'll be there, whatever the case may be. Would you hire Dion to come coach his kid? No, I wouldn't. I don't think Dion could cut it in the NFL. I think the reason that Dion's going to be a good college coach is because Dion's a good motivator. He's a hype man, but he's not an X's and O's guy. Like the reason well, he's got all NFL guys on his staff. He's got Sean Lewis from Kent State calling plays. Former bad. You know I mean, like, Dion can go into any living room, and I believe he even came out and said this. Like he wanted the Florida State job. That's the job right. that Dion wanted, but they made the right decision hiring Mike Norvell. Don't care what anybody says. Uh, look at them this year. Big game coming up Saturday though against Clemson and Death Valley. But Dion, I think he knows. Like college, you could go into any kid's living room. And any four-star, five-star in the world is going to want to go play for Coach Prime. He can't go and, like, he's not going to be able to motivate these millionaires. You know what I mean? And I think he knows that, these dudes in the National Football League. Like, sure, there's NIL money in college, but these guys all look up to Dion. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to go to Chicago and Justin Fields and Mooney and all those guys, you know, are going to be like, oh, it's it's Coach Prime. They're going to be like, you know, get out of here. That rah-rah stuff. It's fun, like the Dan Campbell stuff, until you start one and four. Then these guys are like, get out of my face with this nonsense. I just want the season to end so I could get to, uh, you know, my my vacation resort. So I don't think Dion can cut it in the NFL. I think he'll do a great job whatever college he goes to because he'll be able to recruit. He just has to surround himself with smart football people. And you could say he could do that in the National Football League, but it's like, is Dion going to go into these free agent meetings? You know what I mean? Like, is Devontae Adams going to want to go play in Chicago because Dion wants him? <laughs> no, like, no. But in college, he could do that. I don't know, man. I, I think if you're the Bears, it makes sense. You need something to kind of put you on the map. And if you got 
his kid and him both to come here after they end up doing whatever they're going to do at Colorado. Could you imagine they go to the damn college playoff? Holy crap. That would be insane. Uh, but I mean, then yeah, it's something they got to do something and whatever that is. And I agree with you. I, I think Poles is sitting back on, go ahead, suck. I don't really care. I'm going to get my franchise quarterback in this draft. If we do suck and he has, He's not attached to it. If Ryan Pace is in charge, there's no way this is still happening because he's attached to Fields because he drafted him. It's an excellent point. Uh, all right, Ryan Horvath. Speaking of excellent points, time for your picks of the week, college and pro picks. Where would you like to start first? Let's go with uh, college because I like the college slate a lot better. I really like the over in the Niners game, but unfortunately that hit last night. So college, uh, I like... A lot, actually. I like Clemson plus two and a half against Florida State. I think there's a reason that a three won't pop again. And I think that's like this is the second straight week for Florida State. They've had to play a noon game. Last week, they barely got past Boston College. And on paper, you know, I know the offense and everything looks great for them. Jordan Travis looks like a Heisman contender, but they haven't put together a full four quarters yet. Even in that win against LSU, they trailed by three at the half. Against Boston College, a team that barely beat Holy Cross, they didn't score in the final 17 minutes of the game. And Clemson, they have this game at home. If they lose their seasons over, because that would be two losses, we're starting to see the offense click a little bit. I don't love their wide receiver room. I do. I like their their ground game with Will Shipley. They got two really good backs, but they don't have a wide receiver that could get open on that roster. So what we're need, what we're going to need, is Garrett Riley to scheme these guys open. And then defensively, I think they'll be able to hold their own against Florida State. Florida State's offensive line, even with all their returning production, hasn't been as good as I projected. And their run game has really struggled. Trey Benson, their lead back, put on like six pounds of muscle. Just doesn't look as explosive. And then the tackling has been shaky on the defensive side of the ball for Florida State. Jared Verse is most likely going to be the number one pick, uh, number one defensive player taken. He's not going to be the number one pick. That's going to be Caleb Williams. But he hasn't looked that great. The secondary has been shaky for Florida State. So I actually like Clemson to pull off the minor upset at home. And then I like a big favorite. I'm going with... The Oregon Ducks, who are going to kick the crap out of Colorado. You notice Dion has been really quiet this week. He hasn't been flapping his gums. You know who has? Uh, Dan Lanning, the coach of the Ducks. And that's because Oregon's an actual real good football team. Like Colorado, what they're doing is remarkable because they have no depth. The second string, third string guys on that roster are the guys that have been around for the last three years, a team that went 5-21 and 21 in their last 26 games. The reason that team's good right now is because Dion brought his luggage with him, like he said, and that's all four-star, right. five-star talent. But now you lose Travis Hunter. And some people could say he's a wide receiver, he's a DB, he should only be worth a half a point, a full point to the market. Absolutely not. He plays 126 snaps per game. He's your best receiver. He's your best cover corner. Now he's out in this game. And I think that's worth more to the market because the depth behind him, not very good. So I don't know how they get stops on Oregon. Like, do you blitz Bo Nix? He's going to pick that apart. You're not getting home with three or four. You're not getting natural pressure against this Oregon offense. They have so many weapons, Bucky Irving. And then defensively, you know, Oregon's not your typical Oregon defense, Pac-12 defense, because Dan Lanning comes over from Georgia a couple years ago where he was the defensive coordinator. They hit the portal. They're a little bit tougher. I think the best way to play this game because now the market's gotten a little bit out of control. I look in Oregon's a 21 and a half point favorite. The look ahead was 15, but Colorado barely got past Colorado state, even though they committed 17 penalties and they lost Travis Hunter. I like the first half spread minus 13 games. I don't need to spend a whole bunch of time on, but I love Texas tech minus six over West Virginia. And then last but not least my Notre Dame fighting Irish. They haven't beat Ohio state since 1936. They don't do it this weekend either. Ohio state. <laughs> 
They're going to get after Sam Hartman. They're going to make life a living hell. The interior of that offensive line for Notre Dame, a little bit of a mess. Give me Ohio State minus three. In the NFL, not a whole lot I like, but I'm going to bet the Saints. I'm sorry. I think the Saints go into Lambeau and they win that game. That's my prediction. Saints win 23-20. That's okay to be wrong once a week. Uh, there he is, Ryan Horvath. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. And, of course, Saturday morning's tailgate to kick off 8 a.m. on the fan in Milwaukee. That's 8 a.m. Central time on all over across the country. Just adjust your time uh, to your time zone. You're listening in. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget, Kurt and Long, download on your Odyssey app, wherever you download uh, your favorite podcast. And, of course, check us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Have a good one. Toodles.